wrapping up the day's sporting issues deep into the night. This is Extra Time on SENZ. This is SENZ, it is Extra Time with Ricardo Ball through to 11 o'clock tonight. On your Valentine's Day, we are playing songs with love in the title throughout, so a bit of tainted love from Marilyn Manson there for you. And joining us now to talk cricket uh, is Sky Sports' Tim Evans. G'day, Tim, how you doing? Kia ora, Ricardo. I'm very well, thanks. How are you? Yeah, good, mate. Good. Uh, any tainted love for you this Valentine's Day? Um, well, I'm, I'm happily married, mate. <laughs> so no. We really do. No, well, I don't do Valentine's Day anymore, mate, but I do uh, have a wedding anniversary coming up, so that'll be our, our thing that we uh, get into, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> Excellent. Well, best, best to steer away from that and keep ourselves out of trouble then, shall we, Tim? <laughs> I, I, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, mate. Well, let, let's talk some cricket then. Uh, and uh, obviously, we've got the White Ferns in action over at the T20 World Cup at the moment. Um, to be honest, I, you know, I, I looked at this... Opening game against Australia, I went, well, look, they're clearly the best in the world. I don't expect us to win this game. But then the follow-up loss uh, against a Sri Lankan team that had been beaten, to, uh, sorry, South African team that had been beaten by Sri Lanka uh, was not only a head-scratcher, it was a real worry considering, you know, we only scored 67, all out for 67. Um, and, you know, the lead into this tournament, those games against England, the game against the Wendy's as well, I, th- I thought it was probably about as well-prepared as we could be. So what do you think's gone wrong? Um, well, you know, first of all, it makes for, for pretty grim reading, doesn't it? I mean... Um to be shot out for under 100 t- twice. Um, and you, you mentioned the fact that, you know, Australia are a very good side. Um, you could maybe take that. But against South Africa, I think, aren't playing that that particularly well. As you mentioned, they lost to Sri Lanka. Um, so I, I took, when I look at it, they actually bowled really well in both matches. They um, pulled Australia back. And then in, against South Africa, I thought they bowled pretty well again. Um, but then they followed up with two really poor batting efforts and at the moment you sort of feel like it's Sophie Devine or bust for them. Um, if Sophie Devine doesn't score runs, they're, they're in big trouble. It's like they, you know, potentially can't even get to 100 runs at the moment. I mean, they just don't look um, flash with the bat and I think Sophie potentially is also still carrying an injury, which mm-hmm. was troubling her in the lead up to the tournament. Um, but they look, uh, you know, they look like they have a lack of a game plan with the bat Um and it's massively concerning. Susie Bates, obviously, um, has had two really poor dismissals. Um, they usually, obviously, you know, re- rely on her to produce some runs. And Amelia Kerr is, um, hasn't really offered too much either in the first two games. So 
Um, you know, they've got big problems with the bat, um, and the reality is now that they're they're effectively out of the tournament um, unless a miracle happens. So um, it's it's really concerning that that you know, and particularly sad because they performed so well at the Commonwealth Games last year and won bronze. And I think we all felt, well, most of us felt, the cricket watchers here in New Zealand felt like maybe there had been a, an, uh, some improvement made and things were looking up. But, um, you know, certainly so far in this uh, World T20 in South Africa, they've, they've had a regression um, and it's, it is what it is now. And, um, you know, there's uh, lots of lots of concern in that team Um also, not just only with the bat, but also with the fielding too. They've um, you know, struggled in the field, and that's a, another area of concern. Um, I feel like their bowling, though, is um, you know they've, they've got potential and options in the bowling, um, but certainly with the bat, uh, it's it's a, it's a big worry going forward. Yeah, it is. I mean, I I talked to Brooke Halliday um, when I was doing breakfast with uh, Izzy and Kempe last week, and and we got Brooke out of South Africa, and we asked, you know, look, you know, uh, the the warm up games. What's up with the pitches? Because both teams, you know, that, that series against England, both teams weren't scoring a lot of runs. I think England had one t- uh, innings where they went all right, but the others were all pretty close, and both teams were scoring in the 90s. So, you know, and she said that, you know, they had problems with some of the pitches over there, weren't the best prepared. They were more like sort of club pitches uh, and things. So you, you kind of, you know, you could excuse that. But I mean, given they pushed England so close, who were going to be obviously one of the uh, teams challenging Australia in the tournament, it does. Um, does make you worry what's happened between then and, and, and now, given that this is all part of the lead-up to the same tournament. Yeah, I, I generally don't read a lot into to warm-up games, but in terms of the pitches, I mean, Australia scored 170-odd against us. Um, South Africa scored 140-odd. Um, you know, I, I, I don't think... Uh, the, the, one of the factors is potentially that pretty much all of those White Ferns players have probably never played in South Africa. I don't think even Sophie Devine, she might have played there once or twice, but I, I don't think she's played a hell of a lot there. So, um, you know, maybe that the fact that they just haven't, haven't toured there much or, or at all um, is, is a contributing factor. But you'd think that those conditions they'd be able to adapt to quicker than, say, the subcontinent. So, mm. um, you know, the reality is they just haven't batted well enough. The, the opposition had put the runs on the board and they just haven't been able to respond. So, I, you know, I... I don't think um, you can really read too much into the pitches. I think teams have shown they can score runs on there. Maybe it's hard graft, but our players have so far shown that they're just not up for that. And I guess this comes back to New Zealand cricket as well, right? Um, when you've got somebody like Amy Sathwaite sitting at home um, who wasn't given a contract after the last World Cup, who's absolutely tearing it up in the in the local competitions. Yeah, well, obviously that was a huge call to make, Um you know, they made that call and they decided not to go ahead with her. They felt like they wanted to um, progress with some younger players. They did that to mix success, you'd have to say. Um, but the reality is, is that Amy is now retiring at the end of the season. Um, you know, she's decided to move on and, and that's her call. Um, uh, so, you know, that's, that's the end of it now. Like, she, you know, they've, they've moved on. Um, and so now they've got to look forward and what other options are there in domestic cricket? Well, I'd say there's probably only maybe two or three at the most uh, who would be putting their hand up to be selected going forward. Uh, one of those would be, I guess, Kate Anderson from uh, the Magicians, one of Satterthwaite's teammates, uh, who's uh, shown she can consistently score runs at the top and play with an attacking mindset. So uh, she might well be a player that comes into the reckoning uh, when the White Ferns play next. But in terms of Amy Satterthwaite... Um, 
Woodshed made a difference against Australia hard to know, but certainly against South Africa when they were chasing 130-odd and they needed to get into the grind after losing a few early wickets. Um, that's the type of player that you want on the team. So, um, you know, the ability to um, grind it out and, and but still find the boundary. Um, obviously, you know, the players um, came in and, and really struggled to get uh, rotate the strike uh, against South Africa. So, um, you know, it's... Uh, from my opinion now, it's, it's, it's been and gone. Amy's no longer uh, around, and so they need to find other options. Mm, all right. Um, well, yeah, there, there has been some talk about the timing of the WPL auction as well, and maybe that's uh, – I, I know New Zealand players aren't the only ones in the auction, but maybe that has been something of a distraction. Um, we have had – you know the the, the first um, big raft of players being drafted there, and uh, you know a couple of Australians going for about half a million a piece. Uh, do you think there's anything in that, and and the timing of it? Yeah, I think no doubt it would have been a distraction. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it's not surprising with these things. But I, I just can't believe they scheduled this uh, auction for right in the middle of a world tournament. But again, it doesn't surprise me. Um, ultimately. Uh, the players may say that it wasn't effective, but I think if you look at a player like Susie Bates, for example, uh, who's played a number of years now for New Zealand, um, probably not too much financial gain, uh, probably hoping that she would have been picked up in the WPL um, auction, um, wasn't picked up, and I would have I would imagine that was quite a kick in the guts, um, as, as it was probably for a number of other players, particularly when you see a teammate like Amelia Kerr going for nearly 200000 New Zealand dollars. Um, and then you've got to play a game later that night. I think it was a distraction. Um, is it blame at all on that? Probably not. But I do think it was a, an issue. And um, again, it doesn't surprise me that these these things go on. Uh, they, you know, um, I just think it's very poor timing. Um, uh, not on for the players to have to deal with that um, when you consider that this is the first time in their careers there's an opportunity to earn a decent chunk of money playing in a tournament like the WPL. So, um, you know, uh, very disappointing, I think, that that occurred during the, the World T20. If you're in Ben Sawyer's shoes, uh, what do you what do you do these next two games, mate? Are, are there changes to be made, or is it just persevering with, with who you've got? I'm, you know, given I'm looking at a few of these players, uh, sort of, you know, 35, 36 years old. Yeah, well, uh, they obviously tried to change things up in the last match by playing Sophie at uh, the middle order, um, which I feel like is a, a bold call because you go into the tournament, yeah, you know, with her, yeah, she's opened a lot for New Zealand in the, in the recent times, so to mix it up like that was a, was an interesting one. But um, in terms of the bowling attack, as I mentioned, I feel like you know that's been running okay. I don't think they need to look too much there, but it's... Um, you know, what do they do with the top order and the middle order? The middle order is extremely brittle, um, as, is, as, is, as is the top order. Um, they don't have a lot of options on the bench. I mean, they've got someone like Lauren Down or a Brooke Halliday that they could look at bringing in. Um, right now, he's got to just try and get them up for the next couple of games against Sri Lanka and Bangladesh because you never know. I mean, their, their net run rate's terrible now, but you never know what could happen. They could um, have some results freakishly go their way. Um, so they do need to keep trying to play well and, and close out the group stage as best they can. Um, but in terms of the batting options, I mean, really probably what they've got there is, is about as good as they can hope for at the moment. So um, hopefully uh, if Sophie Devine does have an injury that she's managing it and it's improving um, and that, that's not having a, a, a huge degree on 
how she's playing. But uh, in my opinion, I think Ben is, is, a, is just a motivator at the moment. I think he's just got to find a way to encourage his players. They're going to be extremely down after the first couple of games. Um, so he's got to find a way to um, find some positives somehow and get them rolling for the next uh, two games. Yeah, a lot of work for him to do, mate. A lot of work for him to do. I was um, a bit critical of Bob Carter after the last World Cup that we had here, um, thinking, you know, they're supposed to be the guy that's hit a high performance. Um, you put him in a high performance position and, you know, ostensibly failed. And now I'm looking at where Ben Sawyer's gone and I'm thinking, was I misguided there? Is is this more just about we just don't have the cattle at this end, at the at, at this level? Well, I think Ben came in at a time where, you know, it was a, it was a real low. They, they hadn't played very well during the, the World Cup here um, at the start of last year. Um, he did... Uh, clearly find a way to get them going in the, in the Commonwealth Games. But I think the reality is is that here we are struggling for depth at the moment, um, particularly with the bat. And um, this, I, I personally feel we, we took the good years with the White Ferns for granted when they were sort of um, up near the top, you know, top three in the world. Uh, but we've dropped the ball since then, while other nations like India and South Africa have, you know, finally started to improve their respective programs. And now we find ourselves uh, off the pace. Um, and we've got a, a long, difficult few years ahead, in my opinion. Um, I don't see any sort of quick fix to this. They've got to uh, find a way to develop players, um, improve. As Sophie Devine mentioned in her press conference um, this morning, um, she has uh, concerns about the, um, you know, the, the women's competition back here in New Zealand. And it would be wise for New Zealand cricket to listen to her because she's played all around the world in different competitions against different players played in different teams. Um, she's got a pretty good grasp of what the rest of the countries, are, what the rest of the nations are doing. So, um, you know, they've got to look at how they structure their competition. Um, one positive I, I did find recently was in the Under-19 World Cup, which New Zealand featured in. Um, I thought there was some uh, real potential within that team. They, they ultimately didn't win it, but they... Uh, like they they were a skillful uh, group of players. Uh, one thing I was looking at was their fielding, which I think is a, a real problem uh, in the last few years for New Zealand. Um, and they looked um, really skillful on the field. So there's some positives coming through with uh, some of those under-19 players, but you know that's going to take a few years for those players to develop. Um, so in the meantime, I think there's going to be um, you know uh, you know a hard three years while we wait for these players to develop and obviously we've got some players who are on the way out potentially like Susie Bates and Sophie Devine in the next couple of years so um, you know it's going to be a hard grind um, but New Zealand cricket's got to find a way to prove the competitive nature of of their women's domestic cricket here while also giving younger players um, that they identify as top talent to improve, and that may be A tours or under-19 tours overseas, um, to try and give them, and I, you know, just uh, the ability to gain some experience and to hopefully upskill. There's something actually New Zealand football did a few years ago, um, and both at men's and, and women's levels, they've done it when they've had age group World Cups here. Is that they've actually put the the uh, the bulk of what that age group team is into a national competition like a national league and let them play together as a team. Um, do you think there's any benefit in putting the bulk of, say, this New Zealand under-19s team that's just come from the World Cup and putting them into, uh, you know, women's competition as a, a seventh province almost, if you like? 
Yeah, it's, it's quite possible they'll look at a scenario like that. I know in the past New Zealand cricket has played, um, you know, and when they have done A tournaments, they've played, um, you know, like a New Zealand, um, you know, uh, development eleven or something like that. So they have sort of shown that in the past that they would be prepared to maybe do something like that. Um, but you know, the, the, as I said, there's no quick fix to this. They've got to think tank really uh, after this tournament and look at ways to um, improve uh, the skill level of the players, and that may well be one of them. All right, mate. Well, let's leave the the, uh, the White Ferns here and talk about the Black Caps because we've got a series starting against England this week and all is not well. No Matt Henry. He's got the uh, birth of his first child on the way, so he's out of the first test squad. Jamison, potential stress fracture, uh, stress fracture, let me spit that out, of his back. Uh, we're looking a little thin on bowlers now. Do you think that uh, Trent Bolt gets the SOS? Or is he available? <laughs> I, I don't think... Uh, I think... Uh, ship has sailed with Trent in terms of playing test cricket but um, alarm bells are going now because the reality is is that the bowling attack um, looks very looks very weak um, if you look at obviously Southie and Wagner are going to play um, and then after that you're probably looking at Sodi playing and then maybe another pace bowler and that potentially would be someone who offers a bit of pace so uh, Tickner or Kugeline probably come into the equation um, but in terms of uh, even someone like Wagner, um, you know, he's getting close to 37 years old now. He's, I feel like he's um, not quite the bowler he was. Um, so when you put that all together and you're facing a side who has really rejuvenated themselves in the way they play, is very aggressive now, um, there's, there's no let-up. Um, are we going to have the, 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 uh, the um, artillery to combat that? Um, you'd think uh, it's not overly promising, but... You know, um, with the way England plays, that will present an opportunity. Uh, they will offer chances. So we're going to have to be at our absolute best um, to, you know, combat what they bring at us. Uh, in terms of the bat, um, uh, we obviously in the last wee while have been sort of playing a, a kind of a grinding kind of uh, way with the bat. And so, you know, it's whether... What, what, what do we do if England, you know, that first and, and uh, you know, put a huge score on the board. How are we going to approach that? So um, there's lots to think about for Gary Stead. I think it's, and also obviously the conditions at, the Bay, at Bay Oval, who knows? Because obviously with the cyclone recently, who knows what to expect? So it's a real lottery at the moment. It feels, um, we feel very, it feels like we're very vulnerable at home for the first time in a very long time. Um, so, Yes, it's uh, it's going to be a very interesting couple of test matches. Yeah, it will be. Um, Scott Kugeline, uh has caught up interest me um, because I just look at that and think of him. He's he's an all rounder. He's not that quick. Um, surely we've got better options. And name that I, I notice hasn't been bandied around, and maybe I've missed something here. But is Lockie Ferguson not considered as a test option? Well, uh, you know, I, again, I, I, it may well be that. Cougar line was uh, given the the nature of the weather at the moment that he was an easy person to get across to Tauranga uh, to uh, be involved in the CES test match. But it does seem like Lockie Ferguson isn't in the equation for test cricket at the moment. Um, and it may simply be that, you know, he uh, is um, not up to the rigours of test cricket. If he's had injuries, it seems to me that he does seem to have injuries regularly. Um, so that may be an issue. Um, 
But uh, if you look around the rest of the, the traps in terms of New Zealand domestic cricket, um, you know, we don't have a lot of out-and-out quick bowlers, and certainly a guy like Ben Sears for Wellington, who's meant to be one of our quickest that hasn't played a lot for Wellington, um, for reasons I don't know. But um, uh, it could simply be that, you know, Cougar Line was just in a, a nearby location that they were able to get him to um, Bay Oval, given the weather. So, um see who they go with. I, I, I think Jacob Duffy's not a bad shout. I think mm. he's done his time in domestic cricket, has bowled well, um, has a really good record at first-class level, so it could well be that he gets a chance. But if you look at Southie and Wagner, um, it seemed to me that they possibly will go for someone uh, with a bit more pace just to give a bit more variety. But um, again, once we get a better idea of the conditions in the pitch, uh, I guess that's when we're going to know um, potential, well, you know, which way they'll go with that. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, it is an interesting one. We don't know what the conditions of Bayovel are going to be like come come uh, the first ball. But um, the other thing is, of course, it's going to be Tim Southey's um, team to take, and he has certainly seemed less uh, conservative. I probably probably the, the nice way to put that uh, than than the Black Caps have under Kane Williamson recently as as a as a Test captain. Yeah, well, I, I think. Um you know, it's potential we're going to have to fight fire with fire in this series. As I said, if England bat first, for example, and get off to a, a, a you know a rocketing start and score a big uh, first innings uh, off you know you know a handful of overs, um, we are going to potentially have to take it to them, and, and we need a, probably an aggressive mindset, I think, to win this series. Uh, when you look at the last 18 months, uh, it feels like England are on an upward trajectory. Um, compared to New Zealand, who sort of feel like they're meandering a bit since winning the World Test Championship. So, uh, Tim, you know, um, he's been around the block. He he knows he knows Brendan McCullum very well, um, and he will know. They'll be under no illusions that we know what England's going to bring in the series. They're going to play the way they've been playing for the last sort of 12 months. So, um, I hope that we will uh, look to. You know, um, be aggressive with our plans as well. Um, you know, I feel like it's probably the only way that we will win this series. I think we can try and get into a grind with England, but ultimately, um, I feel like they've probably got a bit more firepower than us at the moment. So we need to we need to play with a positive mindset um, and not let them sort of just have their way with us, really, in this series. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Good stuff. Tim, thanks very much for coming on, mate. Really appreciate your time and enjoy the rest of Valentine's evening. Well, thanks, mate. Cheers. Tim Evans from Sky Sport there uh, talking White Ferns and the Black Caps versus England. It will come back after this and bring you the updated odds on how those look.